Exactly. You're, you're like the shaky, rotund little brother I never had. <laughs> Welcome to Injury Time Podcast. I'm Jordan Robinson. And I'm still Darren Matthews. Uh, right. Hi, Jordan. We might as well fucking do this, shouldn't we? Yeah, okay. So um, I'll, let, I'll let Jordan tell you why he's a bit lacklustre today. I'm fucking dying. Like, what happened to you? I, um, I, what year is it? Um, no, I, I can't even get the words out of my mouth. I got really drunk at the Super Bowl. Uh, and not at the Super Bowl. He hasn't just got back from a flight from Tampa. Like um, <laughs> that's what you think. Yeah, I was the stripper. To be fair, you you had to be vaccinated to get in there, and you were vaccinated. So exactly right. You're sweet. I know. Um. So yeah. Um. We're recording this uh, a day later than normal. Um. Last week's podcast was out a little bit late as well. Um. And the reason for that is uh, that I have recently moved into a murder apartment mm-hmm. uh, in uh, the sweet city of Belfast. So uh, apologies for that. I get wi- uh, Wi-Fi in tomorrow um, and then it'll be smooth sailing, baby. So this should be up by April. Yes. Well. <laughs> March? <laughs> it's with the download speeds that I'm getting after Brexit, <laughs> you know. We're just, uh, fuck it, we'll just live stream it, like, every time, that's the only time we're going to be able to get it out to people. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a good Super Bowl, was it? Well, Call it's, spade it's, a, spade, it's a bad like. Super Bowl if you, had to, if you had to drink to make it entertainment. See, like, I always drink, um, but last night was to excess. <laughs> yeah, what, what I did mean? was I, I drank tea instead, and then mm-hmm. the Super Bowl was so entertaining that I missed the halftime show and woke up about halfway through the third period nice I was like oh Chiefs still haven't fucking scored okay. yeah I was like at halftime I was like I'm gonna and like to be fair the weekend was class I I, I yeah my weekend was shy to work and but no the we the like as halftime shows go um, I don't know if they changed it up just because of Brexit or Brexit fucking COVID or something the Brexit restrictions on the Super Bowl halftime show. Like he's Canadian, they're not even shipping them over. I know we get to see it, but it's not allowed to be in color or some shit like that. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a bit weird. Um, uh, but it was, a, it was a great, and I was doing like you know the wee TikTok dance to um, Blind and Light. <laughs> You were drunk. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen you dance. Yeah, ever. man. Oh, goodness. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just never, like, I was expecting, like, a kind of Patriots comeback the way they did against uh, Atlanta when, uh, like, a couple of years ago. And you're like, maybe? And then you're just like, it's the fourth period and they still only have nine points. And you're just like, they're already dead. <laughs> just yeah. stop the game. Like a couple of, a couple of questions that I have, because obviously you watch a lot more of the old American football than I do. Mm-hmm. How many, was that the same Chiefs team that won last year? Or is there many changes? There wasn't a bunch of changes. Um, like the, the main components of your man Matthew in defense and then Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that. And they all had like really good seasons. So I don't know. If you're if you're looking at teams uh like just going looking at them going like, okay, what is the main thing that's changed here? Is it like uh, a decent uh, like key player uh, has gone to like a different team or something like that? It's not really. Um, because it, they kind of just were still going off that momentum 
of um, winning the Super Bowl last year, and they really were the team to beat at the start of the season, bar Pittsburgh going on a ma- massive nine nine and zero run. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, it just uh, I don't know. They kind of Pittsburgh steelered it uh, at the end. There, so no, I was wor- I was wondering because obviously once a team wins a championship, there can be that risk of. Well, hey, do you want to come play for us? Because we'll pay you twice as much. Cause mm. Obviously, I don't think anybody expected the Chiefs last year to win it, and then I mean, they're, they're still a they're still a good team, but you're 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 not talking about those teams that have always been in the playoffs. You're yeah, 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 Packers kind of thing. Yeah, 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 very true. Uh, yeah, last uh, last night was strange enough, and you actually put up a fantastic one on your Instagram, mm-hmm. so Jordan Robinson comedy. If you're not already following the big man, mm-hmm. which was uh, the. Tampa Bay Buccaneers had mutated into the Patriots just so slowly you didn't even notice. Yeah, uh, also, it's crazy. Gronkowski is pretty much the size of a, a small car. How yeah. does he move that way? I, I have no idea. He has the quickest feet in the game. He's but so delicate. But also, if anybody hits him, he's massive. Yeah, right? It's it's so weird. And like, um, the, I'm not saying this is a pearl of wisdom that I picked up on because I listened to the commentary last night. Um, but for a tight end... Um, normally like with the Super Bowls that Tom Brady and Gronkowski won with New England it was all uh it was almost like he was all offense but um with Tampa Bay it was more like um he he was obviously still in the offense playing tight end but it was blocking more than anything Uh, although he did get two touchdowns in the Super Bowl um he he was like blocking the majority of the game and I think that's why they found it so hard to kind of like release the wide receivers, you know, like the likes of Hill and um, the other guy for, I can't remember his name, um, can't remember much today, um, but uh, it, it, they just kind of like found it difficult to like play the way they used to play, or they were definitely playing against, you know, the rest of the opposition, the, the other, what, 30, 30 teams in the NFL during the whole season, like, so. Um. Personal opinion from watching the match: Were the the Buccaneers great, or were the Chiefs poor? Um, <laughs> um, Bit of both, maybe. Yeah, no. I I, I had uh, someone message me going like, "The Buccaneers just look unbeatable," and I was like, "I don't know if that's the case, or if it's just Kansas Chiefs look like extremely beatable." You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it, it's gonna be interesting next year. Tom Brady's 43 years old. Like, he is closer to the grave than to his, like... Actually, I don't know. He's probably one of those cunts that'll, like, Sir Tom Moore will probably live till 100 and stuff like that. Yeah, probably. In fact, I don't actually... I think he is, like... You know the way they say the human that... uh, um, Who's never going to die has already been born? I think that's Tom Brady. (laughs) First in the queue. There you go. <laughs> and I haven't been proved wrong yet. So. Uh, but what, um, I know it's so weird because obviously has he decided, like what's his contract? Is he going again? I think so. Did he get, he got a two year from Tampa Bay, didn't he? Yeah. Well, like he, he can still negotiate with Tampa Bay and obviously, it's like, I don't know. Does he go for, um, because as a player, he has won more Super Bowls than any other team. Yeah. And the only team that has been in more Super Bowls than Tom Brady are the Patriots. So does he move does he move this season? Try and like for toxic, could you imagine him going to like I didn't see him going to Tampa Bay at the start. So like say he goes to like Arizona with the Cardinals 
and he brings Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski with him. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's on the like tail end of his career anyway, so they'll probably keep him in there uh, in Arizona, and he'll be the first ever person to win it with three different teams. I was thinking basically, I thought Brady took that because obviously, if you've ever been to New England or if you've been to Boston, winters are fucking freezing. So okay. I figured he just wanted a bit of sunshine. That's why he moved down to Florida. And he'll get it in Arizona if he's. I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm getting, I'm being hired by like if Tom Brady's listening to this, uh, I'm being he's hired. Not. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but like I'm just I'm being hired by like the Arizona like. Fucking what you call it, the um tourism board just trying to get Tom Brady, which is a great premise for a sitcom. Yeah, get get him into a new city, right? That Tom, would be great. tell us some of your crazy shit that made you unwelcome at the pit. <laughs> well, I like to drink baby placentas, and uh, that's why I'm still doing it. Yeah, I'm sure we had that discussion earlier in the year. Is it Brady or is it the Patriots? And we were like, ah, oh, fuck. That that you hit. Well, no, that, that just that it answered the question. Oh, yeah, 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 100%. Is it, is it the one-man team? I mean, obviously, the, the Patriots have some great players, but obviously this year they didn't even fucking... Need them, yeah. Make, yeah, well, they didn't even make the end great. Like, yeah, no. well, exactly. It's Cam Newton's first season. No player bonuses there. No, definitely not. But uh, Julian Edelman and stuff like that, I was like, I was so sad when... Because I, I was assuming that he was going to sign with Tampa Bay as well, and, like, the gang's all here, but it's kind of just like, you know, there's that one kid that you don't want at your sleepover. I, f- I feel that's that's the kind of vibe Julian Edelman gave off with the, you know Brady and Gronkowski and stuff like that yeah, in Tampa Bay. Like, I look after kid. I hate you sort of. Thing. Yeah, no, it was it was like literally. It's like, mom, I don't want to bring him to my house. He fucking eats his own burgers or some shit like that. Very true. <laughs> I think from here we can we can go to the uh, the shit jokes that I was texting you last night. You were like, hey, save it for the podcast. Uh, hey, I don't think show. they were shit. I think they were funny because I laughed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but you were pissed. So mm. God, I miss gigs. I remember talking to drunk people and they thought we were cool. And that would be cause like. Uh, Remember? Yeah, basically, my my uh, summary of the, the the Super Bowl last night was that it had more flags than the twelfth. Uh, if you're obviously if you're listening outside, probably Belfast and around there is that joke's going over your head. <laughs> uh, yeah, more flags than twelfth. And what was the other one I said to you? Uh, yeah, um, Mahomes got sacked more time than like all the Chelsea managers put together. Yeah. <laughs> Which hey, excellent joke. Yeah, I think it ties in well to what we do here at the podcast. So, very yeah. much so. Uh, yeah. Very relevant on the pulse. Yeah, more sacks than the Chelsea manager. Who will we'll, we'll get onto that as well? Because so far he's had oh, yeah. a loss, a draw, and a win. Yeah. So uh, no, he hasn't lost. Hasn't? Oh, so it, was, it was a draw, wasn't it? Yeah, so drew against Burnley and uh, one against Spurs and someone else. Yeah, uh, also, did you watch the rugby? I did watch the rugby. I watched all the rugby. This is a rugby special today. Uh, yeah. I watched the rugby. Yes, I definitely feel like if anybody was at the boogies, they probably lost quite a bit of money at the weekend. Yeah, definitely. I don't think anybody was back in those. Well, mm. I mean, France, Italy, probably, but you yeah, want to get less than it. evens on the odds. So, mm. but I would never pick England. So I think I would have won money in that game if I put money on it. Just out of spite. Just out of spite. Yeah. Never pick England. Just writing on the docket, Scotland would be fucking England. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, Scotland, <laughs> Scotland be the occupiers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much haven't won in Twickenham. 38 years it took them. And they won in an empty stadium. <laughs> none of their fans, none of the usual celebrations. It's a massive thing to be able to take the Calcutta Cup home mm. and they can't. This is uh, one of the tweets I saw. It's like when you shut the pubs, Scotland suddenly become amazing at all sporting events. <laughs> <laughs> Qualify for World Cup. <laughs> 
beating England at the Six Nations. Yeah, Classic. it's a massive man. And then, um, uh, did you did you get watching the France Italy? I mean, that, that was yeah, yeah. It was predictable. I didn't think they beat them by forty, but I, I knew they would win. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, yeah um, are, we, are we worried about France next week for Ireland? Yes. Very much so, yeah. Especially with it being Valentine's Day, uh, the day of love from the city of love. Yeah, that just gives them more power. Um, Sebastian Chabelle's just in a field in Bordeaux going like, Um, Oh, no, that game's in in Dublin. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. Fuck. Uh, So hopefully that'll be a little bit less romantic. Yeah, true as well. And a bit more... You can buy heroin at halftime. Yeah, exa- exactly. There's nothing more romantic than, you know, fucking having to, you know, prostitute yourself to avoid rent. Uh, <laughs> so there. Yeah, that's on, that's on the comments. Uh, yeah, Aaron Wales was a bit unfortunate. Sent, sent off in the 13th minute, was it? Yeah. Um, um, I, don't, I don't think he meant to do it. Because uh, the, the first hit knocks the guy back. Mm-hmm. So whenever O'Mahony was lining up, he was probably, I hit this guy chest high. Yeah. And he didn't because the guy was running leaning back, so he smacked him in the face, which was yeah. a bit clumsy, a bit silly but you can see he's got his head down so he's not even looking exactly so, yeah. exactly unfortunate but can't can't excuse that for a dangerous player uh, yeah the, so the contact to the head's number one um that so to me this is why it was a red instead of a yellow um the contact of the head um whether it was deliberate or not uh it's still you can't really excuse that even though he didn't mean it like it's still contact to the head yeah um, and also the speed that in which he was going, like he was motoring, like yeah, it was clearing out, which is a a, a normal part of rugby, but you yeah. do have to be careful doing it, like so. Yeah, so I mean, like very unfortunate. Uh, in no way, shape, or form did I think he meant it or anything like that. It, it was just like a series of happenstances where it's like, okay, yeah, this is shit. Uh, let's just fucking adapt. And Ireland adapted very well to playing with one last man. Yeah, there was definitely. Um... To get it back to the one score was a real sort of knocking on the door. I feel like they went to sleep a wee bit whenever Wales banged the two tries. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, that first try. It, it all yeah. came from, like, what, three knock-ons in a row by Ireland. And they made, they very seldom made, like, any, like, wrong turns um, when he got sent off from, like, that point into halftime and then into, and into the second half. Very rare that they, like, fucked up in any sense, but... Yeah, those two tries really fucked them over. Yeah, I watched a fair few of the Autumn International games or the the, the touring series they did yeah. where they couldn't tour, so it was like the, the teams all grouped together. Mm. And uh, Wales got hammered a few times. I'm assuming that was them trying out different systems and new players yeah. because they've, they've set in the role now. But uh, yeah, Wales, I mean, I think obviously everybody can think it's a different story with a full team, but yeah. go man down. Uh, I think they did very well to do that. But yeah, caught once with a lovely... Uh, try and then as you said the kind of discipline went I, and also the fact was Peter Mahoney is actually the first Irish player to get a red card in a Six Nations match ever usually, usually the discipline is quite, quite clever yeah, yeah, Ireland, yeah. Ireland win a lot of penalties more so than giving them away oh, yeah, yeah. And at least they'll give them away in shooting positions yeah and they're more a possession team than any uh, any of the other teams in the Six Nations like so yeah, yeah no it's um, a bad start like it was a game you needed to win well yeah bad start but I mean France next I think if you can get over France there is all that possibility of England's got a loss and Ireland's got a loss. So yeah. there's a possibility that everyone can beat everyone else. Yeah. That's a massive thing for Scotland to beat England. Yeah. So if we can beat England, Scotland, there's a chance of it. But you, I think it might come down to probably like a bonus point situation. Yeah. Exactly. Scores, who, how many points can you get off Italy? Yeah. Drive the points up. And that's why I think now France are the team to beat. Yeah. Just because they're able to get, obviously get the bonus point against the... Um, Italy, um, Italy aren't, they're, they're like even worse now that uh, Sergio Parise is not playing for them. 
Um, I mean, like, what, what do you even do there? There, no, there was a, a couple of gleams of brilliance um, throughout, like, the Italy squad, but apart from that, it genuinely looked like they were playing, I don't know, like, Azerbaijan or something like that. It was just not, like, it's not like a cohesive group. set. Of, like a group game in a yeah, World Cup? Like. Yeah, it's crazy, like... No, we'll see what happens. It's uh, Ireland, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in the, the games to watch because it's Ireland France next. Uh, the theory would be that if Ireland can get over that, or if France then beat them, as you said, France is the team to beat. Yeah. So France Scotland could be one to watch because I it could, think, it could I well say be. that that Scotland team could beat Wales that we saw the other day. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely think they're going to beat Wales because Wales were like they they weren't the juggernauts that you'd expect them to be exactly coming out of the Warren Gatland era as well and you're going like okay they have a point to prove they didn't have like a great tournament last year and uh, they didn't have a good World Cup either the last World Cup so you're like okay something needs they they need to like either shit or get off the pot here so but and they didn't really show any signs of fecal movement on, well, like, yeah, <laughs> on Sunday. Like, once Ireland lost a man, I was like, oh shit, I was watching it just going, oh fucking hell, this, yeah. this could be a disaster, but I thought Ireland did well that we period of going to sleep that they conceded the try, but I mean, to get just mm. back into one point, uh, Burns, who is an Ulster player, I felt bad for him, there was yeah. a lot of, a bit of, for a bit of hatred on the old Twitter and such for him, oh, but um, look, people make mistakes, man. Look, Sexton got injured him off, he probably wasn't expecting to play a fucking minute of that game, Yeah, and then you know, first half of it, right? Warm up, you're like, what? Right. <laughs> what? Yeah, man, I just hit the free tracks. So it wasn't right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like, look, he kicked for the line. He could have kicked further back up, but, you know, should yeah. have, what, could have. You know, uh, if your aunt, what was it, if your aunt was your uncle? There's, there's, there's some yeah. sort of saying. I, I, like, I like the way last week you, you mixed up your analogy. So if your aunt had, if your aunt had balls, uh, she'd look better on a sunny day or something like that. What? That's not what I said. No, no, no. But, like, it's something like that. Yeah, so something, you, something no, but, idea. Yeah. Um, if your aunt, if your aunt had balls, she'd be a silver lining. No, mm, Th- does uh, that make sense? No, <laughs> no, but so that's it's definitely point. not as funny as what you said last week. The point is that it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What? But what? Um, <laughs> was there anything else coming up, or, or anything else you watched over the weekend? Um, I, I did Super Bowl, nature did that, and yeah. rugby, mm-hmm. and then I suppose we cover the football on this weekend sport. Yeah, another absolute fucking betbusters weekend. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. But also, I would like to now as. I, I, obviously, I haven't talked to you about uh, this offer with you, but it is the official stance of the podcast that we are 100% anti-Mike Dean. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Fair? Mm-hmm. Because, um, obviously, the red card, uh, I forget who he gave it to, but in Southampton, uh, went to review, got overturned. Uh, at the weekend there, West Ham were playing Fulham at Craven Cottage. Uh, Socek got a red card in the 90th minute. I, I saw that. We're, yeah, I was going to cover this in the game, but yes, I, I understand this is a, this this needs its own talking point. Okay, so as you call him, so check yourself. So yeah, so check you yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you? Well, I mean, I don't think you smashed your TV. No, you no, no, no. Close no, no. like uh, no, through the TV. I was at my. Uh, no, actually, I watched it in there, and I I I literally had to get up because I felt a jolt of anger. <laughs> I was like, I'll walk this off, and then I'll see how I feel, and then I just went on on Twitter and just <laughs> tried to racially abuse Mike Dean. Yeah, <laughs> even though even though he's white. Yeah, exactly. I tried. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, but say no to racism. Let's kick it out, lads. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely pretty daft. The, no, the red the red card was fucking yeah, stupid. mental. Uh, yeah, there's I think there's a good couple of talking points. I watched the firm into football this week and. There was, there was a lot of match of the day reconfirming that I was angry about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. So should we get into this week in sport? 
This Week in Sport. This Week in Sport. This Week in Sport. Uh, we're starting on Tuesday the 2nd, mm-hmm. the day after I moved into my murder apartment. Yes. Um, so, uh, <laughs> starting with Sheffield United winning again, beating West Brom. That's a real six-pointer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I don't know. They're not They're not staying up. Like. I know, but oh, but what we the main fear we worried about and that we talked about in the podcast was that they would be a worse team than Derby County. Oh, and they're not. They're officially not anymore. They're officially not. Oh. They were level with them, but then they won the other day. So. No one is ever going to be Derby County. I'm not even mad that they beat United last week. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm on fucking <laughs> <laughs> Wolves uh, beat uh, Arsenal in yes. Molyneux. Uh, with two uh, two one, and also David Luiz and uh, Bert Leno getting sent off. Yeah, very hard to beat a team with nine players. Yeah, well, apparently you can only score two goals against them. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, well, I mean, Wolves have not exactly been setting on fire. No, late. exactly. They seem to have suffered a very bad dip in form. I genuinely think Raúl Jiménez with a fractured skull would be better than Fabio Silva at the minute. I genuinely believe that. Sorry, I was laughing. I just nearly choked on my tea. <laughs> um, so, moving on to probably the least entertaining game of the whole um, Tuesday. So, Manchester United were playing at Old Trafford against Southampton and scored a lot of goals. Uh, neuf goals, neuf. If, you're, if you're French. Yeah, if you're in league, uh, yeah. neuf. Now, Southampton, I think, so far this year have been a great team. But this is the second 9 0 in two years that yeah. they've had. Now, it did not help when, uh, was it Jankiewicz? I was yeah, just yeah. sort of pulling up the names there. Sent off in the second minute on his league debut, 19 oh. years old. Oh, buddy. Uh, he's one of those 19 year olds, like, oh, he's 36, though. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, sent off in the second minute for, I don't know if he was just hyped up to be playing in the Premier League yeah. or just a bit of a rash challenge. Bit silly. And then, even then, it still took United 18 minutes to score. <laughs> Classic. Uh, yeah, but then um, it was it was literally a who wants to go because what do you hear this for the score sheets like if, if it's a nine nil obviously a few people are are going to sort of bag a few. Mm. Um, the match hit as well is one of the goals is attributed to uh, Bednarek. Yeah, that's so he got a goal. red card and an OG. What a day at the office. Oh, tell you. Yeah, so Wan Bissaka scored, Rashford scored, Cavani scored, Martial got two. That's how bad this game was. <laughs> yeah. Martial couldn't hit the fucking side of a barn. You know what I mean? Uh, Scott McTominay scored. Fernandez got a penalty, which was on call for. Yeah, I, I, it was as you you said off air that that great Simpsons episode of yeah. stop. He's, He's already, already dead. dead. In our group chat for the football team, we were already we were even messaging as United fans going, "There's just no call for that." Yeah, I please just stop. Team. Yeah, and then yeah, um, Daniel James even scored. So I know, fuck mm. the like at the start of the season, he was supposed to be like the you know the next Grand Giggs, just on the other side of the field. I can't tell if I like him or not. I don't know. Apparently, he's getting shipped out to Leeds soon. So. Do you know what's mad as well? If if you ever watched that Amazon documentary, oh yeah, all or nothing, all or nothing. Yeah, he almost signs for Leeds. <laughs> Classic. In that documentary, coming from Swansea, and then ends up going to United instead. That's when Leeds are doing the team rebuild. Yeah, he's in the episode being like he's about to sign everything, and whatever whatever falls apart in the deal, I think the deal falls apart at Swansea's end. Yeah, it's like ah, not really. Yeah, he's in Leeds, gets a medical and signs, and then they're we're just waiting for the club to confirm, and then he ends up going to United. So they're gonna fucking ship the Leeds anyway. That's just the way it is. So yeah, two sentences off. Same again for Southampton. Very hard to beat a team, although. Uh, ben Direct didn't get sent off to the 86 minutes. Uh, obviously, great as a United fan to watch mm. uh, because we talked previously about basically 
when you do beat people, we're not winning by great margins. We're not doing a man city yeah. five nils, four nils. You're you're so that's that's hopefully pulling us back a few a few games mm. uh, for our goal difference because our goal difference now what are we on? We have basically goals for forty nine. So forty nine is good. Um, city have forty three. So, mm. but we have thirty against us. City of fourteen. Ah. So you know, kind of it evens up. Yeah, yeah, it evens up. Um, but the last game on Tuesday was Crystal Palace and Newcastle at St. James's Park. Newcastle continue to be completely schizophrenic. Oh, man. I swear <laughs> to fuck. There was a couple of good wins, and you're just like, you know, the Toon Army are taking over, and then uh, fucking Big Roy comes down to spoil the party. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's obviously a game Big Mick must have watched that one. Yeah, must like, have. Like, if you're listening, stop watching your team. I mean, just, like, just go to the TV when they're playing, check the score after, they yeah, probably win. Right. That's the way you do it. Yeah. Like a real fan. Um, but yeah, John Joe Shelby scored in the second minute. And then uh, uh, fucking Gary Cahill. He got on the score sheet. Yeah, there's a lot of players kicking around this year who I was like, that guy? He's alive? Yeah. Like whenever um, Sheffield were, Sheffield United were playing Man United, Phil Jagielka had the game of his life. Ta-da. I was like, that guy's got to be 52. <laughs> he's, he's, about 30, he's about 36. But, you know, <laughs> he, he is literally almost as old as Tom Brady. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what is going on? Uh, moving on to Wednesday, uh, Man City beat Burnley 2-0 at Turf Moor. Yeah. Uh, was it Gundogan scoring again? No, it's, uh, it's Jesus and Sterling, but Gundogan is on the form of his life at the minute. Uh, moving on, Craven, uh, moving on to West London. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to try this new thing now. Uh, moving on to West London, uh, Leicester. Through a spanner in the works. Leicester are from West London. Yeah, well, Fulham are. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, um, Leicester beat Fulham 2-0 at Craven Cottage. Um, yeah, Leicester just constantly, you know, getting the getting the fucking what they need. Taking over. Taking over. Uh, Leeds, uh, Everton at uh, Ellen Road. Um, <laughs> I like to challenge myself to see if I remember every single uh, one of the home grounds. So that's why I said. So Ellen Road, uh, Everton beat Leeds 2-1. Uh, at Villa Park, West Ham beat Aston Villa 3-1. Okay, tell me about it, because obviously you watched that game. I did. Um, so, remember what I said last week about Jesse Lingard not getting on the pitch and only coming on as a sub and not really doing much? Yes. Yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Jesse Lingard, uh, this was his first game. Uh, Socek scores 51st minute. Uh, Lingard scores in the 56th minute. Um, and then Ollie Watkins also scores, but, uh, Jesse Lingard scores again, just like two minutes after him. The thing is, I think, I mean, Lingard's been sitting on his arse at United for yeah. quite a while now, so he's probably absolutely itching to play yeah. the game. <laughs> so for a player, for getting out, and obviously he has to get himself into that team, yeah. there's no point in going out and being like, oh, I played alright, like, you yeah. have to score, mate. There's yeah. no point in playing, with loads of fucking alright players. Yeah. We have Lanzini. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. is our alright player. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mr. 50%. Probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, as I, as I said during the week, like they weren't great goals, but you know, you have to get into the position to score them. And you know, uh, an amazing goal is the exact same as a tap in, like, you know. Yeah, and obviously so. that means as well that West Ham are currently sixth, but they are one win away from the other top four. So we can do it. Can they hang in there? Uh, Liverpool got beat by Brighton. Yeah, so that was the second game in a row, second loss in a yeah. row at Anfield. Yeah, Brighton. I, I I don't get it. I don't, I no. 
I'm sure everybody in the... I actually was chatting to a guy after that match who's an Arsenal fan, and he told me he has deleted his Bet365 account. And that's fair. Because there's no point this year. Exactly. You they're can't just, predict anything. They're just making too much money off it. Yeah. Um, nah, it's City's League to lose, surely, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, t- uh, Chelsea uh, went to White Hart Lane um, playing Jose Mourinho's Spurs. Uh, ended up winning 1-0. I uh I watched that game. That was a that was a pure cure for insomnia. Oh really? I know I complained earlier in the year about the Man United and Liverpool match, but yeah. Jesus Christ, Chelsea Tottenham was horrible. Fuck that. And do you know the mad shit was too? Tottenham went went on the attack obviously because they had to salvage a point. Yeah. And whenever they went on the attack, I was like, this looks alright. Yeah. When they weren't like they were literally defending everybody in their own halfway, it was fucking horrible. So it was good to see them play again the other like, the later in the week when Kane was back because. Mm. Someone was taking corners and stuff and, and looking up going, who am I going to get this to? Because he's obviously only looking for one person. Do you remember, Harry? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, moving on to Saturday's games. Aston Villa win again. Arsenal's second defeat on the bounce. Yep. Arteta out. That's what I'd be screaming like. I, do you know what? Dave Elliott, who was on the podcast, who's a big mm. Arsenal fan, I should have given him a wee text about that one to see how he was. Mm. Make sure he hadn't like burned his jersey or something. But yeah. yeah um, I mean... It's at Villa. Villa aren't a terrible team. Okay? They're, they're not a bad team. I, your man Traore, I fucking take him in a heartbeat. Look. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ollie yeah, Watkins, Jack Grealish, um, Ross Barkley, all fucking great players. And your man Martinez, the ex-Arsenal, like playing for them at the start of the season. And now he's playing for Aston Villa, who are, uh, yeah, fucking... What are they now? Like, oh, they're four points in one place above Arsenal. But, yeah. okay, that doesn't really prove my point. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, if you're saying who has had a better season, Aston Villa are the most improved team after last season, like flirting with relegation and stuff like that. So Yeah, the, the danger of them being a yo-yo team. Mm-hmm. But there was, it was madness as well, because that was like 1-0 to Arsenal, and then the next game was Burnley-Brighton. So after Brighton beating Liverpool... Burnley, 1-1, one, one. Mm-hmm. a fucking draw at that game, so that was, I wouldn't have expected that, because what was mad was, uh, I was watching BT Sport the other night, and after the, the Liverpool-Brighton game, they were talking about Brighton, mm-hmm. and right, oh, great young team, you know, very hungry players, and then I was thinking, this wouldn't be a time-filling segment had they got beaten 4-0, which is what you probably expect Liverpool to do, right. so then they went out against Burnley, and just completely reverted the type, and had a horrible 1-1. <laughs> Classic. Um, Southampton at St. James's Park. Yes. Now, schizophrenic Newcastle. Jesus. Yes. Um, they end up uh, beating uh, Southampton 3-2, and that was definitely a game that Southampton wants to, okay, they look at it going like, we got rinsed last game. Let's, you know, get three points. It's against, yeah. you know. So pretty so, much, if you didn't watch the game, uh, Newcastle took off all cylinders, uh, took the lead, so that one looked a wee bit shaky. Probably the confidence is a bit shook from the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Hendrick ended up getting sent off on yeah. a second yellow card, which meant Newcastle played the entire second half with 10 men. Yeah. I think, and oh yeah, Southampton's got a couple of goals in here. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. even though it ended 3 2, uh, Ward Price scored possibly one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. seen. That, yeah. We, were, we, sort of, that we had it on, kind of checking it out and work while we were working away and sort of screening the corner. And mm-hmm. one of the boys was like, oh, Southampton's got a free kick. And they were, I was like, oh, Ward Price, let this, this will be good. Yeah. And he was like, nah, it's too far out. Absolutely, oh. all your words. It was we, yeah, massive. Uh, who gave us the license to do this podcast? We don't know a single fucking thing about the world of football. Hey, I never said he was too far out. I was like, no, I think he's got this. And it was pinpoint accuracy. He, he shoots like a cannon. Like it's, yeah. 
It's crazy. Like, he is such a good player. But the other one as well is after that game, so 3-2, which was obviously a big kick in the arse for them. That's, as you said, two losses on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Newcastle can't decide whether they're a good team or a bad team. Yeah. Then you had West Ham going to Fulham. Yeah, Craven Cottage. Yeah. I thought West Ham would have won. I genuinely did too. And watching the highlights of the game, uh, it seemed kind of lucky that the game didn't like end up 3-3. Because the amount of chances both teams had, yep. it's crazy luck. Like. Uh, and then, obviously, as we said in the intro today about the Socek uh, red card. Um, never a red. Never a red. Uh, you know, completely accidental. Even Mitrovic was saying to Mike Dean that it was accidental. Like, yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, like, the the sending off was in, what, the like 95th minute or something like that? It so, yeah. was, was going to be slightly controversial. Game's near over. Yeah, why are you doing it? Yeah. Um, but uh, so the red card didn't really have an effect on play, like so. But saying that, uh, Manchester United against Everton. Yes. So what happened there? I'll tell you. Well, you know what? This this hurts to say. We probably got what we deserved. Yeah. There was a, a definite, um, maybe a bit of lack of respect for Everton, and also. Damn, the hair seems a wee. I don't know. This yeah, is gonna, he texted me wee, saying. Is he a wee bit yellow? He won't come out and. I get look. He's not. He's not built like a traditional keeper. He's quite tall, but he's quite mm. skinny. Keepers usually kind of quite brickish. And yeah. will Come out and clean somebody out. Exactly. Because because like, they're men like Rory Carroll. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a it's an unwritten rule. Keeper can clean you out if you touch a keeper. You're going to give away free. Yeah. Exactly. But um, yeah. Uh, the last goal coming in was just very shoddy defending. Yeah. And the head probably should have just come out and put his foot through it, but he he stayed in his net. Calvin Lewin getting it in the ninety fifth minute. It was one of those horrible wee poke ins as well. Mm. I remember watching it going, Oh, that was such a it was a real Sunday league. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah just loads of people kicking it around and go, Oh, it's in. Um but yeah, no, it was two 0 at half time with Cavani scoring again. Uh so this is his second goal at home. Yeah. Uh and presumably in the twenty fourth minute he was starting. Yeah. Uh, and Bruno Fernandez scoring on the forty fifth minute as well. And McTominay getting on, uh Fernandez was goal of the game. Oh really? Yeah. I, I didn't even watch it. It uh Kind of weird as well. I, th- I thought um, it's that kind of thing where he, he makes a dip when he's doing the free kicks, but he kind of mm-hmm. did it in play. So yeah. uh, I'll sign another thing for later on because yeah. he, um, he kind of hits and it goes over. Somebody said to me, it's like whenever you're playing like under 13s and you just kick the ball too high for the keeper. Yeah. It looks like that. Perfect. Because Pickford's up for it, but he's nowhere near the fucking thing. Uh, as it soon as it, it, like I'm going to straight on to BBC iPlayer um, <laughs> when uh, I get internet in this house. Uh, moving on to Sunday, Spurs beating. Um, uh, West Brom 2-0 at White Hart Lane uh, seems quite academic it was Son and Kane scoring you yeah. know and as much as I love Human Song and I haven't really talked about him for a couple of episodes now um, I don't know it'll probably be different when it gets to the Europa League and stuff like that and well, he's he got, scoring he got one goal one assist so mm. that was a good day decent enough he's um, when people talk about him and Kane uh, being in a partnership I would say it's more like a, a legal marriage yes yeah. one doesn't work without the other one um, Wolves, Leicester, Molyneux pretty boring game. I didn't actually watch this one. No, I just watched the highlights on Match of the Day. Very boring. Well, I don't get this. Leicester can mix it with the best. Why not exactly destroy Wolves because they're just sort of a, not having a great one. Any chances in it or not? Not, not even really. I think they were playing Johnny Evans up front. Now that is a bit of satire, but it felt that way. Okay, fair enough. You know. <laughs> um, now game of the week, as I said, it would be uh, Liverpool against Man City. Yeah. At Anfield, third loss in Anfield on the bounce. 
After how long did it take them to do uh, it? Two years, fucking, three years. Uh, fucking enough to pay off this mortgage on my fucking haunted apartment. Yeah, um, I remember it being so many, uh, so many days. And it was a big deal, and then three in a row. Yeah, so it was nil nil at halftime with Gundogan missing a penalty in the thirty seventh minute. And then Gundogan scores uh, just before the fiftieth minute, and you're like, oh, okay. And then Salah gets a penalty, which yeah. hey. Should not have been a penalty, uh, but that's uh, neither here nor there. John Stones gets goal disallowed for offside. Then they just went on a fucking rampage for like 10 minutes with Gundogan, uh, Raheem Sterling and Phil Foden all scoring. Uh, and the last two goals, you're just looking at it going like, Alison, you are one of the best keepers on the planet. Hang what on, the on, fuck are you doing? He's one of the most expensive keepers. That was not the same thing. Uh, I, will, I disagree. Will you die on this hill? I will die on this hill. I think um, you're already dying. So yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so I'm just finding a hill, and I'm going to die on any. I'm dying on the closest hill, Darren. <laughs> yeah, we just die if you tried any exercise right now. So exactly right. Yeah. I went for a walk today, and like I felt good for like five minutes, and now I want to <laughs> die. Um, but yeah, no, it's very yeah. Liverpool season's done, dusted. Um, Sheffield United against Chelsea. Now Chelsea scored three goals in this game. Yeah, uh, but they only only end up winning three one. The you should have seen the fucking daggers Mandy was shooting Rudiger after he scored the own goal. He was just like you son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, because to be fair, like Sheffield weren't scoring. Like what, I feel game. like it's one of those ones where like Mandy's following the track of the ball and then it's like in yeah. the leg and he's like fuck's sake. I, it was almost perfect. Um, but you gotta fucked it up. So yeah, Mason Mount scoring the first one with Timo Werner. Um, uh. Assistant and then Jorginho getting uh, another penalty, so yeah, pre- pretty pretty standard. A decent run of games for Chelsea. Um, the only game on tonight is Leeds against Crystal Palace at Allen Road. Um, yeah, that seems okay. Let's face it, if it's the only game, I'll probably watch it. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> not this. Yeah, well, it depends what time the five guys gets here from Deliveroo because I'm not cooking tonight at yeah, all. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah. But enough with your sex life. Hey, da, 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 da. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to the Six Nations. Just go through all the, um, the big old games. Yeah. So, uh, on Saturday is when it started, and, uh, the first kickoff was Italy against France in Italy. Which I didn't get to see. So. Yeah, no, I watched it, um, with a comedian friend of ours, uh, Ross Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who, uh, as, as autistic as he is, he is a big rugby fan. And I'm not saying that the two are mutually exclusive. I'm just saying I'm very surprised that, you know, he likes rugby. He's not autistic. He's got Asperger's. Yeah, yeah. But that's a form of autism. I know. I just... <laughs> we had shit on my punchline. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, uh, France just jumped out to a huge lead. Um, There's a couple of glimpses, as I was saying in the intro, that uh, Italy were playing pretty well. Um... But, yeah, it was just dishes were done by, like, what, the 10th minute or something <laughs> like that? Okay. Yeah. By, so, uh, when it was 10-0, you knew, like, okay, fucking strap in Italy. This is going to be a long one for you. Um, but this, obviously, this is the first week of the competition this year, and it's the cup within the cup, the Calcutta Cup uh, in the Six Nations. Yeah, one of the um, trophies in the world. Yep. So, England got beat by Scotland at Twickenham. Oh. I just cannot ever get tired of saying that. Um, uh, yeah, no, fucking... Probably because no one's got the save for 30 years. <laughs> exactly, that's it. Um, yeah, no, Scotland just played out of their skin. Like, so, no, 
no ifs, ands, or buts. They were the better team. It was all possession. Yeah, 100%. But Even there was no... Like very low score. Yeah, there was no, like, really bad, like, you know, kind of fuck-ups or anything like that on behalf of Scotland. So, I mean, like, and just to see Owen Farrell on a losing side, it just makes me happy. But, like, the whole second half, England didn't get a sniff of a point, like... Yeah, and eleven six, which was the I mean Scotland kicking and then the try and then England only got the, the two like England not scoring a try. That's madness. Yeah. Only two penalties? Yeah. That so that's obviously a massive discipline from the Scottish. Do you know what? Either their coaching staff have said, Look boys, if we go into a stand up fight you probably won't beat them. Yeah. So let's just be fucking smart at this. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's be Sheffield United. Let's be hard to play against. Yeah, yeah. they were I mean they were definitely the better team. I remember watching just every time I looked it was like, Fuck Scotland the ball again. There was very little turnover, but um no, brilliant to see. Uh, I think it really throws a spot on the works because I think every book in the country was going to give it to England to walk the Six Nations. No yep. problem. Yeah. Especially after uh, what they did last year. Um, yeah, true. But uh, so moving on to the um, Wales against Ireland game. Mm-hmm. Lee Halfpenny gets a penalty in the third minute or fourth minute, sorry, go up 3 0. And then that's in the 13th minute, Omani gets the red card. It's the lane. Uh, then half any. So it's 6 0. Uh, Ireland have just got someone sent off, and you're like, hey, you know what? It wasn't our year. <laughs> um, first game. <laughs> I quit. Yeah, exactly. It's like me playing in FIFA when I get beaten the first game of the season. I'm like, uh, restart. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I won't take all them to the Champions League final. Maybe not. Um, but Johnny Saxon played well, got two penalties. Uh, uh, Convert well, yeah, yeah. So the twenty eighth and the thirty fourth minute, uh, and then uh, uh, try just before the break as well with Johnny uh, Johnny Saxon getting the conversion as well. But then George North just had a fucking shit in the apple pie and score like didn't he? Yeah, wanker. Um, did you did you see Saxon's head injury? Yeah, uh, it was bad. Like he hits his head was, twice. Yeah, but it's completely accidental. Off. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Was it? Um, was it Dan Bigger? That he hits his head off his knee or something yeah, like that. It's just, I mean, it's just a bit of silly play. It's uh, there's no malice and he's not. He doesn't oh, yeah. kick him. He sort of he runs into his knee. Yeah. But then I think he hits it. So he sort of he's whacked his head. Obviously, I think he's out and then yeah. hits his head again. So with the concussion protocols, yeah, can't stand the fatal fella. That's three weeks. That's him out for the rest of the tournament. Yeah. Well, until um, the first break. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously, they play the first. Is it is it three and then two? Is that what they do, or is it two and then three? Yeah, three and then two. Three two. Yeah. yeah. So they'll do the three weeks. So yeah, he can't come back with concussion protocols. Um, it'd be very weird to see if they're they're gonna bring back Burns. I don't know what's the kicking options because I don't think he was expecting to play the other day at all. I know. Sexton is the kicker and also the fucking captain. Yeah. Right. You're not subbing him even if he's tired. You know, we want to stay him on, keep him as a leader. Exactly. Yeah, very um, unfortunate, very bad luck. You know what I'm going to say here, and it's going to be a very unpopular opinion, and I don't necessarily believe it, but I'm just saying it for clout. Bring back Paddy Jackson. Oh, I was going to say Ian Madigan. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, because uh, we co- we covered the game in detail, but um, we didn't actually say the score. So Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat uh, Kansas City Chiefs 31-9. to Yeah. Man, uh, not even getting a fucking touchdown. Yeah, we also didn't say that Wales beat Ireland twenty one sixteen because it's too painful to say. Right. Yeah. So I'm blaming it on my hangover. What are you blaming it on? <laughs> Just my um, I don't know my emotional instability <laughs> in general. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much it for uh, this week in sport. 
So, uh, story time this week. Uh, we have a special guest comedian, special guest listener to the podcast, Mr. Ian Thompson. Hello, Ian. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hi. Uh, that's not your usual accent. <laughs> no, it's not. I just thought it was the wrong one. Is this like, you know, the way your mom has like a kind of telephone voice when someone like calls? And yeah. It's like, yeah. What one do you know about my mom's telephone calls? <laughs> uh, I have something to tell you, son. Um, no, you're, I, I don't know. I, I see you as a, as a type of kind of like older brother slash big cousin. Uh, you've got that kind of vibe. It's like, yeah. if we were in the same family, I know for a fact that you would be the one buying me cigarettes and like, shit like yeah. that, all the, all the bad kind of stuff. I would be taking your cigarette money to buy cigarettes. Yeah, I know, right? And giving me one out of a pack of 20, which I really appreciate. Exactly. You're, you're like the shaky, rotund little brother I never had. <laughs> Um, so uh, Ian is a fantastic uh, stand-up comedian from Belfast, uh, and uh, yeah, we met in my first gig, didn't we? Uh, yes, I remember yeah. speaking uh, in the pub. Yeah. yeah, the old in the pub. pub. The old oh, the old pub, guys. Do you remember the old pub? Uh, I still, I still tell my therapist about it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I, like it was one of the the most intimidating slash like warmest places you can ever do stand up like when it was a great like my first gig was absolutely fucking amazing in it uh, uh and my second time i was there i absolutely was like i'm never doing stand up again it was that bad i that happened me and, too I, I did my first yeah. gig i was just like this is okay this is handy enough and then second yeah. gig i'm just never doing this ever again oh, my my first and second were in there and both of them were shit and then went to the american <laughs> and i was like oh this can actually be an enjoyable experience yeah. You were just doing it to hurt yourself the whole time. Yeah, it was just an exercise in self-harm. <laughs> so we, we, should probably, we should probably tie in exactly uh, Ian's level of expertise on our guest, yes. our, 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 not our guest, our subject of our story time this week, which is, uh, Jordan, tell the lovely people at home who we're talking about. It is uh, New Zealand international rugby player, Jonah Lumu. Uh, let's do it right. New Zealand international rugby legend. Legend. Yeah, no, in fact, deity. Yeah, he is level. Fair enough. He so, is, yeah. Absolutely. So, Ian, so, what are your qualifications to be talking about this? Uh, I'm uh, in my 40s. I remember the amateur era. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Jonah Lomu coming along. And seriously, you see, when you talk about a game changer, like he was the epitome. Like, you know, before the sort of professional era kicked in, most wingers were probably about my height, maybe a stone or two heavier in muscle. And any one of our six foot one or six foot two is like, now nah, you need to be in the pack, you know, winning lineouts and doing stuff. And then this guy comes along, six foot five, 19 stone, and he runs the 100 meters in 10.5 seconds. And everyone's just like, oh shit. Um, yeah. I'm like, you know, it, it just really blew everyone out of the water. And uh, it took years for all the other teams to catch up and just cope with them, look. I can only imagine that some, you know, 19 stone that can run them 100 metres in 10.5 seconds. If you're standing flat-footed and he's coming running and you've just put your arms out and going, I'm going to tackle him. Like, what is going through your fucking head? Do you know what? Probably nothing because you... Yeah, you don't have time to think and he is through you already. Like, you're you're just on your back looking at his heels disappear. Yeah. This is probably going to sound very dark, but it's probably the same mindset that people who jumped out of the tower in 9-11 had, going like, I know I'm going to die, but I might as well fucking do it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. at least this is going on TV. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 
Um, uh, and we also played for the same rugby team, Ian. So we did. Which one? Methodist College. Methodist College Belfast. Yeah, that's why we're so uh, snobby and posh. I know, right? Um, yeah, you mean Polly <laughs> Jackson, man? <laughs> the legends. Um, uh, I would just, I would just like to say for the podcast, I do not think Polly Jackson's a legend. Um, uh, top shagger, though, but not a legend. Yeah, right? he's no Michael Jackson. Um, See, wouldn't catch me lowering myself for this rugby box, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I, I played um, <laughs> I played one year for Newry and then realized I wasn't gonna be 16 stone and six foot one. So I was like, all right, let's be back. See, I've then. heard you talking about this. What position did you play? Uh what the position did I play? Um yeah. is headless chicken still a position on the fucking team. <laughs> 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 See, with Jordan, like a hazard, I guess he was probably, uh, you know, fullback. <laughs> but uh, no, what, where did you I, play? Because I, I would imagine you could play quite a few positions. Um, no, where was I playing? It was like uh, up until under, I think it did, I played under 12s and, and it did a wee bit of under 14s. I was pretty, like, I definitely wasn't in the forwards. It was pretty much stand behind the bigger boy. <laughs> and <laughs> if you get the happens. ball, break, you know, just break for the wing and, and try and get out, you know, just get out of town. Like, cause, but basically stand behind the bigger boys. And if the ball comes at you, start fucking running. So yes. it was, it was limited resources to me because obviously I've played sports all my life where you pass the ball forward. So we're like, so you throw the ball behind you. I'm like, why it's, you, you score up there. What the fuck he's on about? <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. Um, what what position did you play in? I played flipping everywhere. Uh, when I when I was at school, I was mainly a proper hooker, and then um, played like flanker a bit, and then went to university and had glandular fever and lost about three stone. And uh, all of a sudden, like the the sort of coach when I was in Newcastle was like, "Why are you like getting demolished by fat men in the front row when you're?" like faster than the wingers so he moved me out to the wing and then I played center a bit as well um but I never like I was never like a serious player I just was on drinking teams (laughs) yeah uh, you know best type just did it for the crack and again for (laughs) self-harm I know um I know a lot of guys um from home who went to university in Liverpool and joined the rugby team because they did more drinking and none of the boys could get fit enough to play in the Gaelic team. So they just played for the rugby team. <laughs> yeah. There's cool. a, like any rugby club or university team always has just a bunch of drinkers. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they're like so talented. And it's like, you know, if you put some effort in, you could be a decent rugby player. And they're like, yeah, like nah, oh. there's, a, there's a pint, <laughs> I thought, shut up. <laughs> I thought you were talking about like decent drinkers, like they could put a lot away, but- uh, No, that, that oh, was the problem. Rugby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, let's get into it. Um, so Joan Alumu was born in the 12th of May, 1975 uh, in Auckland, New Zealand. Um, and at that point, as you said earlier, um, like growing up, rugby wasn't like, what it is now where you can see these like international superstars uh and they doesn't necessarily have anything to kind of like aspire to be in terms of rugby um uh but like it pretty much turned into um a religion in new zealand just rugby in general i think it pretty much has been for like you know about a century um you know probably new zealand and wales are probably the only countries in the world where like rugby's the number one sport 
Um, and you know, it really is religion there. I'm sure, as you know, Darren, like everyone just plays it from their yeah, like even, old enough even, to hold the ball. Even when there was like the way they've they've evolved the game out there as well. So you've got schools rugby, and then you've got you know you can go into your juniors or your professional. But they also have when I was in Christchurch in the, in like Hagley Park, literally thousands of people playing touch rugby. There were touch rugby leagues. Of so the same way we would, we would play five a side of a weekend. They were like, oh, there's a touch rugby league there, and there was ten pitches laid out in this massive park. Just thousands of people playing it on just a nice summer's evening. Just like this really is religion. Where and it because I mean that that lets you bring in people of all ability levels. It's not just like elite level rugby players. So they've really worked that into the their kind of system of development in New Zealand. So and as you say, over a hundred years for uh, for I mean of the All Blacks, and it's just something mm-hmm. they're good at and they've, they've progressed probably quicker than other people that and then there's the allegation oh, yeah. that they've, they've cheated by stealing all the good island players as well so that's a there's all sorts of shouting and order but hey, if atmosphere. you can attract them why not hey it's you mostly know? from yeah. it's mostly um, from the australians because they won't come live with them <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah well that's that's the thing Lomu himself like his his folks uh were from tonga hey, so tonga, like he was a first generation tongan and like First time we went to New Zealand, uh, one of Shona's best mates is uh, Mary, and she's married to the Tongan guy. I've never met a man like him, honestly. I like every time I, he's he's just a gentle giant, but he, and he's so sound. But every time I meet him, I just can't help looking at him and thinking, I wonder how long it would take him to kill me if we had a fight. <laughs> and I think it would be less than five minutes. Like I remember being out in the garden, and uh, their their kid was about three, and he was running towards me, and I was like, he could easily fucking empty me here. Like, yeah. um, they're just like, probably... built differently. Yeah, different different stock. Um, uh, just just a little bit of context. Uh, Shona being your partner is from New Zealand as well, so uh, you know, and you've been to New Zealand, so you know definitely how obviously how big it is. Um, but uh, Joe Lulu uh, was the youngest ever international for the All Blacks national team, um, making his full international debut uh, when he was 19 years old in 45 days. Which you know, what were you guys doing when you were 19? Like? Um, Wait, I, I was going to say I don't remember because so I was probably drinking. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but uh, playing on the wing, uh, John Alumu finished his international career with uh, 63 caps for New Zealand and 37 tries. And he is truly regarded as, obviously, as we said, one of the breakout uh, international stars of uh, rugby. And along with, uh, was it Brian Habana, uh, is uh, tied with the uh, record amount of tries scored in the World Cup uh, with 15. Yeah, but I think Habana did it over the course of like three or four World Cups. Yeah, and Lamu did it too, with yeah. like one functioning kidney. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get to his kidney problems. Um, but uh, in turn, uh, he played on the wing, and he his senior uh, rugby career. Okay, I'm going to try and pronounce the majority of these teams. Uh, but if we know anything from past episodes, I'll probably fuck them up. Uh, but Countess uh, Munaku. Uh, he played there for five years, 94 to 99. Uh, the Blues, the Chiefs, the Hurricanes, and Wellington. Yeah. Can- uh, Jordan, County's Monaco. <laughs> M-A-N-A-K-A-U. So it's, it's, hey, it's not Monaco. Guys, what? not all of us went to Methody, all right? <laughs> I didn't go to Methody. <laughs> <laughs> Counties is a word we have in this country as well. Yeah. <laughs> Here. Whose podcast is this? I'll kick you both off. I'll, I'm going right. back to anger management next week. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Um, 
You were doing so okay. well. I know. Thank you. Thank you, Darren. Uh, so he moved on to the Blues, uh, the Chiefs, the Hurricanes. <laughs> Do it <Wellington>. right. Behave. <laughs> so uh, the Blues, the Chiefs, the Hurricanes and uh, Wellington, all in New Zealand. Uh, moving to Cardiff in 2005, uh, playing with the Cardiff Blues for 10 games, scoring five points. Uh, and he finished up his career uh, with uh, Marseille. Mm-hmm. Not not the Olympic team, sorry, the uh, football team, uh, but um, the rugby team there. Uh, not scoring, playing seven uh, seven games, uh, not scoring any points, but um, that was him kind of winding up his career. Uh, but in terms of internationals, uh, it went from uh, 1994 to 2002, playing with the New Zealand uh, Sevens team originally uh, in uh, the Sevens tournament in Hong Kong. Uh playing for the national team in, in or was it two World Cups in? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, it's a shame he didn't get to go. He, like, he, he probably could have played on until he was like, you know, in his late 30s, if he was still, you know, if he hadn't been struck by like a serious illness. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was, it, yeah. We'll, we'll get to how like fucking devastating that was. Uh, but also playing for the New Zealand Barbarians and uh, the Barbarians, uh, uh, what would you even call them? Like a conglomerate of the world's best rugby players? Like yeah, the they're just like, like a dream team? An invitational team just for the crack, really. You know, at the end of a season when, uh, you know, they want to put a, a few bums on seats in a stadium and, and mm. make a bit of coin. They sort of invite uh, the best players they can get hold of to come along. Ian, just to oh, clarify, that's... are the Barbarians the team that you wear your club socks but the Barbarians jersey? Is that them? That's right, yeah. yeah cool. I like that. That's pretty cool. Um, it's kind of like the NHL All-Star game where uh, all the jerseys, they wear are white and black, but they're the the team of the player where he comes from kind of thing. So if it was like, say, Connor McDavid, he'd be wearing like an all-white Oilers jersey and Crosby on the other side is an all-black Penguins jersey. Uh, so it's kind of the same thing, but not at all. Well, Jordan, uh, if you like all black jerseys, have we got a team for you? Oh, <laughs> uh, New Zealand, uh, New Zealand. Um, but yeah, move, uh, should we? The end of his national career was uh, started with uh, the victories over Tonga and Scotland. Um, the opening match of the Tri uh, the Tri Nations series was played in front of a record crowd of one hundred and nine thousand people and was labelled the match of the century. Uh, New, uh, New Zealand scoring three tries in the first five minutes uh, uh, before Australia came back, levelling the score at halftime. With I watched that last night. It is like really? Rug the rugby. highlights? Yeah, there's like 17-minute highlights on YouTube, and it's like rugby porn. Like, yeah. it's just... The All Blacks <laughs> just come out, all guns blazing, and then, yeah, I think they're like 15 nil up after five minutes, and then they sort of go to sleep, and Australia come back into it. And then it gets down to like three minutes to go and they just like do a big loopy pass out the Lomu. It's just like, okay, it's time to do the business. I'm just like, yeah, let's end this shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah. all right. Okay. New Zealand, we get it. You're amazing. <laughs> is, is, is that the kind of like equivalent to say the Istanbul final where Liverpool end up winning? Yeah. In, ter like in that, terms of know, rugby. Yeah. The way it sort of ebbs and flows. Um. So yes, at the end of his international career, there was also speculation uh, that he would move to uh, the Atlanta Falcons, the American football team, uh, really? to play to play as a field uh, to uh, 
essentially a kicker for punting and field goals and stuff like that. Uh, but I think that was just rumors. But uh, it's on his Wikipedia page. So I'm pretty sure think. that I think the Dallas Cowboys did put in an offer for him at one stage. That's um, mental, like isn't it? But I think like it wasn't a kicker. Like he would have been either a wide receiver or running back. Um, but then even last night, I watched a bit of sevens footage of him, and he could have been a quarterback. Like there's there's one bit I saw of him playing sevens, where he just he breaks up half the length of the pitch, and he's mm-hmm. like five yards from scoring, and like all of a sudden there's about five people on him, and he just stops and just throws a hell mary to the other touchline for some other guy just to catch it perfectly and walk in. <laughs> so I think he could have done serious damage in American football like yeah and uh, that's I uh, like there, there's been speculation for ages with uh people from different sports and stuff like that um because Roger Clemens is a baseball pitcher I uh, played all around the league the Yankees the Red Sox the Astros everyone pretty much um uh, and he got offered a kind of lucrative deal with a uh it was originally supposed to be with the Cleveland Browns um as a form of uh like kind of offensive coach um, to work on like uh, I don't know quarterbacks or something like that um, but uh, he did it for one season and there was a part where uh, there may I think it was Andrew Dalton got injured and uh, they dressed Roger Clemens to actually play in an NFL game it was already a blowout they were very badly beaten I think it was by the uh, Baltimore Ravens um, but, but they were just like no we'll just get like a fucking I think it was a tight end they had playing quarterback instead of risking uh, injuring um, Roger Clemens but David Beckham was also considered uh, like I think he was offered and I think it was the Dallas Cowboys as well who offered him to be you know the uh, kicker for the team after he retired yeah. from PSG. R- Ronan O'Gara as well he got an offer from uh, my da- Miami Dolphins I'm sure That's crazy and like be- being from America originally I think Ronan O'Gara should have taken it you know, done. personally, yeah. I mean, personally. it would have sort of had the visa issues, really. So <laughs> it really would, wouldn't it? Um, so in, uh, with the, the analysis with the, uh, in his international opponents, um, obviously, uh, all of us being from Ireland and stuff like that, uh, that's probably the uh, most interesting one. Uh, but he played Ireland four times. Guess how many times he won? Uh, four. <laughs> Correct. Um, uh, scoring uh, three tries and 15 points in total. Um, so, And I'm pretty sure some of them were probably in Lansdowne Road, right? That's the first time I, I saw him play. I remember it was like the opening game, well, Ireland's opening game of the Rugby World Cup in South Africa in 1995. And my brother would have been probably more clued in. And he was like, this guy Lomu on the wing, he's been a sevens player. He's meant to be amazing. And we'd never, we didn't have Sky, so we'd never actually seen him. And yeah. just, well, then the first 20 minutes, you were just like, this is just a different beast altogether. Um, and like when you consider, like you, like you said, 63 caps and 37 tries, but the tries he created, like either as a decoy. So in that game, there was two tries scored by a guy called Josh Kronfeld from New Zealand, who, who was amazing as well. But of both of them, Lomu just ran through about eight people and then just popped it out to Cronfield, who just had to set it down. Like, so, uh, but I think he still scored two himself in that match as well. Like, yeah, it's it's the assists as well as the points. It like, because he, as exactly. you said, he used to do that big thing where you could see the defense is tracking him and the whole field would converge on him, and then it was a pop pass. And there's a there's guy standing else. there, some little guy on his own going, I'll score, will I? Right. Yeah, <laughs> so they just turned him into a decoy where he just yeah. ran. 
and the ball didn't go near him, but um, all the other defenders did. Um, yeah, it, it's it's uh, like I don't I don't want to be making this too much about American football, but it's like someone uh, you know having double coverage, like a wide receiver having double coverage uh, uh, on a, like an offensive play where the other wide receiver is just wide open. Like people like Larry Fitzgerald and Odell Beckham Jr. and stuff like that always draw the two men to try and like obviously stop them just because they're that good. And that just brings like another element to a team where you go like, yes, this is a great player, but also he has that effect of. Uh, even when like he's not scoring or he's not assisting or whatever he's doing, he is still a threat. And like it's in the back of people's minds that oh, I have to like double make sure that he's not covered and let the other guys straight through. Like, um, uh, should we get into his personal life? Um, because I think that's only fitting. Yeah, you know? I don't, I don't really know too much about it. Well, he he liked the wife. Let's uh, let's he, hear you read the Wikipedia page, Jordan. Hey, I studied this. <laughs> <laughs> personal life <laughs> personal life edit in 1996 um so yeah no all together he had was it three wives yeah, yeah i think so yeah three wives um uh now now i'm paranoid that i'm sounding too robotic about reading this off wikipedia <laughs> um so yeah yeah three wives um south african uh, tanya rooter or rudder or I don't know. You guys are probably gonna make fun of the way I pronounce it anyway. No, no. I mean, it's, it's no? probably it's probably hilarious. Guess as as yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, and they lived together in New Zealand for four years before divorcing. Uh, he married his second wife Fiona in a secret ceremony in Wahiki Island, and I know that's the way it's pronounced because I was there. So was I. I ended up <laughs> I ended up accidentally going to a nudist beach on Wahiki Island. Accidentally. Yeah. With very sexy results. <laughs> uh, that, that's uh, that's another one for the Patreon, Darren. We need to get to the nudist beast and uh, nudist beast. <laughs> the nudist uh, beast. <laughs> Jordan, if the two men, I was Jordan, I was the nudist beast on Wahiki Island. Let me tell you. Yeah. If there's two men that don't need to go to a nudist beach, it's you and I. Okay. <laughs> no. If there's two men that shouldn't be seen at a nudist beast, it's us. That's what I meant. <laughs> I wouldn't be seeing Egan um, Lion White Sand that disappear. It's fun. <laughs> so in 2008, Lomu and Fiona divorced after he had an affair with Nadine Quirk or Kirk. Oh, I'm going to say Quirk uh, on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think it's Katie Kirk's uh, sister. Um, but I think it might know. be Pauline Quirk from Birds of a Feather, uh, her sister. Uh, Man, I'm 27. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> of course. Google it, man. Yeah. He's, talking about a, he's talking about a sitcom from 1987 so yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus um, uh, so uh, the woman he had an affair with he ended up marrying in 2011 and at the time of his death yes spoiler alert he's dead now um, he was living with Nadine uh, with their children uh, and he was also a, a big old religious guy as well mm-hmm. yeah I think a lot um, of Islander star which is crazy like because well I suppose uh, uh, he should have come here, you know. He should have played for Ulster and fought, you know, could you could have been a free Presbyterian. You know, Rivenhill's <laughs> just up the road from Casey's old Gaffer. Uh, things you'd love to see. Um, what side but, do you think he would have gone for if he'd ended up here? I don't know. I because you could see him like 
in like Ronnie Drew's on a Sunday night in a Celtic jersey from like 2006. You really could see that, like, couldn't you? I don't know. I reckon he would have been in the old McEwen's Lager Rangers top down on Sunday Row. Sunday Row Rangers Supporters Club. Uh, uh, that old that old chestnut. Sammy uh, Lomu. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Actually, on a side note, just uh, I remember when you were saying, Darren, about uh, all the touch rugby leagues in New Zealand, there was, must have been about 2003, 2004, I played in a tag rugby league in Belfast. Yeah. It was brilliant crack, no contact. But have you ever seen, you've got the wee Velcro tags on your shorts. Yeah. And you... Ian, you misspoke there. It's actually pronounced Tig. Uh, well, rugby that's, that's what I'm getting to. Because oh, sorry for spoiling the joke. Everyone, as you grab the tag, quite often the person didn't realise with the ball as they ran off that the tag had been pulled off. So yeah. someone would go tag, but there was this Kiwi guy playing. Just every two seconds, he was like, Tig, Tig. We're <laughs> like, you've got to be careful here. Like, here, here, Ian. So it's I'm tag. Uh, honestly, retell that story. I'll edit it. I didn't. Uh, I, I did. I didn't mean to fuck up. And I think it's better if you leave it in. No, 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 no. We'll read it. We'll do, read it. But okay. that's not going to be funny, no. No, we will laugh. Don't you worry. So basically, uh, back in about two thousand and three, uh, I was playing in this tag rugby league in Belfast, and you've got the wee velcro strips on your shorts. And there was this New Zealand guy, everyone, like, as they, they ripped it off, it's a tag, but this New Zealand couldn't, New Zealander couldn't get the hang of it. And every time he ripped it off, he would take that, you Fenian bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember that being a, a rule for that when I was in New Zealand. I was like, that's definitely not how they played that. <laughs> yeah, they mix things up a bit here. <laughs> I like it. Um, uh, j- just before his death as well, uh, despite making millions during his rugby career, uh, Lumu died with uh, very few assets to his name. Um, and it's believed that his earnings were totally abs- uh, absorbed by all his divorces, medical bills related to his kidney disease and failed business ventures. Um, he was the director of a shareholder, uh, uh, director and a shareholder of Global Eleven Travel, which was liquidated in 1999. And at the time of his death, he owed money on property investments over two million pounds. Oh, sorry, 2.2 million uh, New Zealand dollars. That's about 50 quid. What a shame. <laughs> um, um, if you've never seen any footage of John Alamu, go on YouTube and look up. Jonah Lomu, my cat, from the 1995 Rugby World Cup semi-final. And, like, my cat is now Ireland's defence coach, and you would wonder how the fuck he ever became a defence coach when you watch this clip. Because it was, like, a minute into the game, and it became known as the tongue and sidestep. And, like, there's no sidestep involved. He just puts him right on his arse and steps over him. It's beautiful. Nice. Nice. One of the um, one of the big things that I that I do remember when I was a kid was, uh, kind of the way like John Lomo made his debut in '94 and played in like the '95 Rugby World Cup. One of the big things people wanted to see was him and there was a, a Wallaby, an Aussie guy called David Campesi, who I I watched one day beat Ireland on his own. Like they didn't need the other Australians to beat there. <laughs> he scored about fucking six tries himself. They were just like because he was he was getting on a wee bit and he was like, he retired about 96. So I think people really wanted to see like them play. 
because the Wallabies play the All Blacks every year. So this was a big thing because Campese was an absolute fucking a, a legend and very fast and a runner. But he was, his game was like, he was very quick so no one could catch him. Whereas Jonah Loma's game was, don't stand in front of him because he will he will kill you. It was so it was yeah. Campesi was weaving in and out of people, whereas Lomo was just running straight lines. And it was like the two different styles of players completely. Like, I don't know if they ever played against each other, actually. I don't Is know. Campesi... Maybe they might have done in the they might have done in the Tri Nations. I think Campesi retired in like 86, but he had been playing since like yeah. 82 for the Wallabies. Like so. Ah, uh, that's right. But Campesi was like the anti Lomo in that he was so cocky. Yeah. And like, you know. Just deliberately like to wind people up, whereas Lombo, like he would just do the business and then he just looked so humble. He would sort of just walk back to the halfway line for kickoff with his head down as if nothing had happened. Like, did, like, like did you've, he... just, you've just destroyed nine people to score a try. Yeah, like I don't remember him even sort of doing much talking. There was no, was there like, there was no like post game interviews or anything, was there? It was just like, no, I just nice game. funny that the one post game interview I can remember was uh, Will Carling. Who was the England captain in that '95? Who famously I think, shagged Princess Diana, That's right. and he uh, they just said to him after the game, Lomu scored four tries in that semi-final, and Will Carling was just like, "He's a freak." I just the sooner he goes away, the better, <laughs> and that was it. Like, but Lomu himself, I don't think he got many sound bites out of him. Yeah, and also he never, um, like, he never won a World Cup for being so amazing. He, oh no, wait, did they win 99? Because they didn't win that. Uh, no, South Africa beat no, them in 95. And then they lost the quarterfinal to France and Twickenham. France, is, again, the, France is the bogey team, the, is that what it is? Yeah. One of the best games ever played. Shona was actually at it. Um, but there's a there's a, a potential story time in that 1995 World Cup final. If you speak to anyone from New Zealand, they will tell you that there was a waitress called Susie who appeared at the New Zealand team's hotel in South Africa. And they'd never seen this waitress. And just all of a sudden she was serving the, the dinner the night before the final. And then loads of them came down with the shits the day of the <laughs> final. So in New Zealand, the, the theory is Susie was sent by Mandela to unite the Rainbow Nation, but fuck up the All Blacks. To make sure that they won the, they had to win the, the thing. To make sure Matt and... Uh, what do you call him? Yeah. From the Shawshank. Got a yeah. movie out of it. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, he was actually in that movie as well. Did you know Invictus? He was, no, he yeah, he was in Invictus. Yes, he no, was. That wasn't he, him. Jonah Lomu as a character is in it, but it's not. he's not playing himself. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, that's right. The guy, yeah. who, the guy who did play him. Yeah, try and pronounce the second name. Try and pronounce his second name. Adaria. F E. No, no. Isaac. F E apostrophe A U N A T I. No, I'm all right. I don't need to try and pronounce that. Yeah, exactly. They try and pronounce counties. Leash. But yeah, no. We'll we'll just get into his death, shall we? Because it's it comes to us all. That's it. Yeah, keeping him really quick and really young. So yeah, uh, on the morning of eighteenth uh, of November two thousand and fifteen, uh, John Lumu died unexpectedly in Auckland from a heart attack linked to his kidney disease. Um, the previous night, he had returned uh, from the UK with his family after a short holiday stay in du- uh, Dubai. Um, Lumu, uh, I, I know Dubai is not in the UK, 
but he probably stopped off on the way back to New Zealand. Uh, That's a really been... weird route. Yeah, isn't it? Why would you go Dubai, London, Auckland? Very strange. There you go. Uh, oh, Susie booked this Yeah, flight. I was going to say, where was Susie? <laughs> she, she was flying the plane. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, while he was in the UK, he was uh, receiving dialysis treatment, um, but also was heavily involved in the different promotional works for the 2015 World Cup. Uh, that was taking part. That was the one in England, right? Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I know that because I was in Australia when it was uh, when it was happening. And I remember having to go to the Irish bar that I worked in uh, to watch the finals. And as I've said before on this podcast, I was the only person in that bar with an Australian rugby top on. Everybody else was wearing Kiwi tops. It was very weird uh, right in the middle of service paradise. Um, uh, but his first public service was held uh, in uh, his hometown of Auckland um, with uh, his family uh, members in attendance and then there's two public ones uh, held in the Photophone uh, events centre and Eden Park uh, and then a month after he died an independent trust known as the Lumu Legacy Trust was formed by the New Zealand Players Association intended to support his sons well, that, which was that, awful nice of them well I was going to say that's the kind of thing that happens when he doesn't have a heap of money left you know that kind of thing yeah, 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 true. Um, Although, did they get the rights to the John Lomut subwoofer merchandise? <laughs> yeah, you were mentioning this. So, so what's the story about that? Like, he randomly was really into like car stereos, and uh, I think he attempted. I don't know if he set the world record or attempted the world record for the world's loudest car stereo. But it's a very sort of bogan thing to do, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. He, I, look, he would fit right in in Sandy Row. I am telling you right now. <laughs> oh, Sammy Lama, you there? He yeah. goes in his course. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Just a dance remix of the Sash or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking excellent. Uh, any other tidbits of information about the great man himself or... Uh, I, I remember it being an actual like national day of mourning. I was working in a bar in Christchurch in New Zealand when he passed, and it was literally like a breaking news. Like whatever was on TV was interrupted by the, the news that he had passed away. So mm-hmm. it was obviously he was held in such reverence that yeah, national day of mourning man is is I think one of his services was live on TV across. Yeah, that's you know, yeah. He's a, probably the one at Eden Park. Much, yeah, yeah, that's that right. Was... They had one from Eden Park with like a thousand people doing a hacker or something, and you just uh, yeah. watch it, and you're like, "That's awesome." Yeah, um, that is one. Like just watching the hacker, just as itself as its entity in sport, which, yeah. uh, like, it's not just rugby. They do it in. They do it in ice hockey, which is one of the funniest things you will ever see. L- look it up on YouTube. The New Zealand ice hockey team doing the hacker on ice. Really? They're not very good. I was going to say, uh, so it's not quite as respectful as a thousand people in Eden Park ooh, no, no, worshiping no, no, no. a rugby well, hero. It's just lads on ice rink. There, well, it was, there it was are just... big question marks over cultural appropriation, like with a hacker as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, when, when uh, um, it was like an Instagram post I put up when uh, like New Zealand beat Ireland there at the last World Cup. I was just like, uh, <laughs> the hacker is cultural appropriation. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. What, what um, they do now is when, when they're doing that and they're playing games, it'll be like, all right, white people, back of the bus. Yes. Yeah. In the back so they don't fucking do it wrong. <laughs> Ironically, yeah. the white people are in the back of the bus this time. Yeah, it's your turn. Out you go. 
my wee brother, when he left school, went to Argentina on a year out because uh, he was doing Spanish at university. So I think it was the year 2000 and the Rugby World Cup sevens were being played in Argentina when he was out there. So he went along and was staying in a hostel. I can't remember what town or city it was in in Argentina, but he met these Kiwi guys in the hostel and they were like, look, we found out where the, uh, the All Blacks are staying. We're going to try and go down to the hotel tonight and get a few autographs and photos if you want to come. So my brother went down and uh, got talking to them all. And Eric Rush was like a legendary All Black Sevens player. And he was the coach, player coach at the time. And he turned around to the Kiwi guys and my brother and was like, look, if you want to come down tomorrow, we're going to have like an open training session in a park in whatever city it was. So they went down the next day uh, watch this training session and then at the end of it Eric Rush was like guys we're just going to play touch here for 20 minutes to warm down if you want to make up the numbers come on ahead and my brother got the fucking play touch <laughs> against Juno Lomi and he said like <laughs> even crazy. though you knew all you had to do was touch him like when Lomi was running at you you were just like I'm glad I had my brown trunks on today yeah yeah oh, I'd have been running the other class. way I think he was fucking chasing me don't hurt yeah. me but I remember, like, when he got back from Argentina telling me that, and I was like, no, tell me you're winding me up here. And then he just took out these photos of him and Lomi. And I was like, that's awesome. I would have cool. wanted to, like, assert my dominance. So I probably would have, I don't know, like, punched him in the kidney or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> just well. like a quick, just quick <laughs> wee jab. Uh, well, <laughs> funny, you've never seen my brother and Susie in the same way. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> And that is the perfect way to end story time this week. <laughs> uh, I can't wait until we get Susie on the podcast. <laughs> well, we'll find her. She's bound, she's, she's out there somewhere in the Transvaal in South Africa or something. But, uh, Africa. She probably has diplomatic immunity. There's a lethal weapon too, Joe, for you. That'll be fine. <laughs> diplomatic immunity. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ian Thompson, thank you very much for educating us on your your knowledge of Jonah Lumu, the New Zealand legend that he was, and his uh... educating is a very uh, yeah. I don't All know right. if there was much Jump. educating going on. There. <laughs> Jump hey, in we're and check nice. top of us. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so, um, going on this week, uh, we'll start off on Tuesday night with the Niffle uh, Premiership. So, uh, Dungannon, uh, so Rory Carroll. Arif is playing Crusaders uh, down in Dungannon. Your Limpe- personal hero. Um, it's going to be hard to cheer for Crusaders that night. Um, Carrick Rangers are hosting Linfield. Um, Cliftonville hosting Warren Point. Glenavon are hosting Corian. Glentoran are hosting Balamina. And Lauren are hosting Portadown. New York aren't playing anybody because they're not considered elite because they're in the first division. Exactly. Tuesday night, uh, though. Um, West Ham against Man U at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. We it, need to... It's on, like Donkey Kong. Yeah. What are you, what are you thinking? Jesse Lingard, Patrick. Reagan? No. Um, That's okay. Uh, Thomas Socek, Um I, I can now stop my hunger protest because uh, I was on hunger strike until they, they freed the Czech Republic and won. So they've overturned um, Socek's red card. So... You were on hunger strike? I said I was on hunger strike, whether I was on hunger strike or not. Oh, was that why you were so hungover? Were you like, well, alcohol doesn't count because it's just made of water. Yeah, exactly. Got you. Okay. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. That's all right. So, yeah, I think, um, the <laughs> yeah, that red card was about as popular as uh, some of Gregory Campbell's opinions. Lately, so, <laughs> yeah. 
But look, hey, it's overturned now, so... Because I was, I was just about to say... What, his opinion? Can he play on Tuesday? Yeah. Um, well, it's the FA Cup anyway, so... Gotcha. Can you um, do that? Can you break somebody's leg in league game and play in the FA Cup? Mm-hmm. Class. Just like <laughs> Vinnie Jones. Football, um, the beautiful game. Yeah. <laughs> so, on Wednesday... Um, oh, there's a bunch. Um, Swansea City against Man City. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get the Premier League up here. So, yeah, tell me the um, Any games of the week? Any picks? Because there's going to be fucking loads of them. Everton against Tottenham. Uh, Goodison. Could be good. Could be good. Um, Sheffield against Bristol. See, see anybody who's not in a title race, I think, obviously, the FA Cup should be a big deal for anybody chasing trophy. Yeah. Everton are probably still able to chase. Mm. Tottenham are on their arse yeah. at the minute. So, I think Mourinho might need an FA Cup to save his job because this is what he did when he was in it. He won the League Cup and the Europa League and nobody... Mm-hmm. Everybody stopped complaining about how shit we were in the league. And I was like, we got a trophy. I'm like, it's the fucking League Cup. See, if it comes down to a Tottenham-West Ham final in the FA Cup. West Ham? If they don't win. If Tottenham be... I can... I could not live with the consequences of that. Because Jose, Jose Mourinho would have beaten West Ham? No, I'm a big Jose Mourinho fan, and obviously I love to see Human Sung do well. Mm-hmm. But one of, my, one of my very close friends is a Tottenham supporter, and I could never speak to him again. Yeah, fair enough. It, not in the fact that I would be embarrassed about it, he will just be insufferable about the win. Is that the guy you needed that number for the Samaritans for, that time you text me? The, the, the Tottenham fan? Well, it's got to be hard being a Spurs fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I was like, this sounds like me, but I don't know where you're going. <laughs> so, uh, on Thursday, um, Wolves are playing Southampton, and Barnsley are hosting Chelsea. So, Chelsea will probably, easy, easy enough, we win for them. Like, okay, on Tuesday, we'll definitely have to watch that one. Um, so, do you want to take the Premiership games for Saturday? Yes, obviously, because then there's no Premier League until Saturday. We'll yep. have the Cup games. So, Leicester-Liverpool. Um, yeah, I reckon that'll be a good game. I think so. Yeah, I, I, that should be pretty good. I mean, obviously Liverpool will definitely be the the, uh, the W after that one after mm. so many kick-ins But Leicester are a good team. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm trying to think. I was like, haven't they played? But I'm thinking of when Leicester played uh, Tottenham, which was shit. Uh, Crystal Palace, Burnley, probably fairly even. Roy Hodgson, Roy the Rovers went down to piss on Burnley's chips. Man City, Tottenham. Uh, I don't want to say. Game of the week, but probably sort of higher up games, maybe? Yeah. But I'm looking at it as in, like, you're looking at Man City and Tottenham, and like I said before, I would not be surprised if Tottenham won 5-0, and I also would not be surprised if they lost 6-0. That kind of thing. Yeah, okay. You think this game is so open? Yeah. Okay, not to call it. or Well, not necessarily. I'm just saying... Look, obviously, with Mourinho's way of playing, there's the thing of maybe frustrating them into a 0-0 because it's at Man City. Mm, but Man City has just too much quality to not exactly. score. Gundogan will probably score from his own box. So. But then again, if Kane and Son are both fit and playing, good game. Good game. Uh, Brighton yeah, against okay. Villa. Nah, I'm, I'm going to go Villa, even though it's at Brighton. And they have yeah. the, you know, they've had a... A win and everyone got very yeah. excited about Brighton. Yeah, got a wee, wee resurgence there. Yeah, um, got ahead of themselves a bit. Um, so Southampton Sunday? Yeah. Southampton Wolves, uh, West Brom, United, Leeds, Arsenal, and Everton Fulham. <coughs> hmm. Games of the day. Uh, Leeds, Arsenal could be yeah. okay. Yeah. Watching the two sort of battle it out. Mm. Uh, do you know what? This might, that might actually suit Leeds great because they're actually obviously all in attack. Yeah. And Arsenal uh, are... Yeah, have just been, you know... Yeah. More open than your aunt, they? After yeah. a few wines. Um, um, 
So it happened was West Brom United, and it's at West Brom. Yeah. I would hope United would win that easily enough, but yet right. again, West Brom <coughs> we would say that? be the most annoying team ever. Didn't you say that against Sheffield as well? Yeah, we did say that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I know we're, we're going to have to start saying, do you know what though? Because if we start saying the opposite of what we mean, people will stop listening to us because they'll think we're talking shite even yeah. when the freak result comes off. Yeah, so I definitely think West Ham are going to beat Sheffield on Monday. Yeah, so West Ham for the title. Yeah, West Ham for the title. <laughs> um, I a chance. Uh, so uh, West Ham play uh, Sheffield at the London Stadium and then Chelsea are host to Newcastle uh, who I think that's one of the longest. Yeah, Southampton and Chelsea are the longest road trips for um, Newcastle, but thankfully there'll be no fans travelling, so they won't have to waste their time. Yeah, very true, because I think that could be a bit of a... <coughs> well, you know what, we'll see, we'll have to keep an, an eye on Chelsea now with the new manager, whether it was the team not wanting to play for and Frank, or if they just need to be a bit of a, a kick in the hole to get going. Yeah, but, and uh, it seems that way. But yeah, very interesting. A uh, good couple of fixtures uh, all around. Um, just to quickly glance over the uh, Six Nations for this coming weekend. So on Saturday uh, is when it all kicks off with England uh, playing Italy at Twickenham. Uh, I reckon that'll be signed, sealed, delivered already. Like um, mm-hmm. Italy are going to win, and um, Scotland are playing Wales, and I assume that's in Murrayfield. Yes. Yeah, in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, on Sunday, which is Valentine's Day, um, Ireland are uh, playing host to France at uh, the Aviva. Yeah, good couple of games there. Uh, another great weekend of sport. I'm sad that the American football season's over, but um, we're also, we need to get Mick Conlon back on the podcast to talk about the NBA and uh, Brian O'Toole from uh, Brian and James Fuck Each Other fame. Um, which is a podcast that uh, I really enjoy. Uh, I think they're uh, like I, I met that they're comedians. Like um, I don't know if you gig with them or not. Don't think so. What, what's, um, the, what's the area of expertise? Uh, dead fathers. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I meant sports. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. NBA. NBA. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, so all of that's left now is for me to ask you three questions and oh, I, yeah, see if you're any good at this one. Yeah, you know what's brilliant? Like we do this weekly on every week. I'm like, am I asking questions? Yeah. Do I answer questions? <laughs> Who's questions does it? Um, so this is a question for you. Okay, here we go. Who has won more Super Bowls out of these three teams? Oh, bastard. Right, yeah. So the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. or the Washington Redskins, now Washington football team? For that one, I'm going to guess, obviously. Yeah. I'd say the... Shit, who was the three? Washington, San Francisco, and... Washington, uh, San Francisco, and... Didn't I say New York Giants? Yes, yeah. I'd say the Giants. I'm going to say out of those... San Francisco. Correct, five. Um, so, yeah, they've won five. Uh, New York Giants have won four. And Washington Redskins have won three. I was definitely going to say when New York have probably won, like, two. But, mm-hmm. fuck, okay, that's all right. Okay, now this is a very difficult question, and I almost feel bad about asking you this, but, uh, hey, we're just going for it. What are all the NHL teams that Wayne Gretzky has played for? All of them? All of them. Edmonton? Yeah, so he started his career off in Edmonton. Yeah, Edmonton, Los Angeles. Yes, correct. Uh, shit, how many are there? Four. Oh, fuck. 
Edmonton, Los Angeles, because he finished in the King. No, he won the Stanley Cup, I think. Edmonton, New York Rangers. Yes. Oh. And there's one more, isn't there? Yeah. They recently won the oh, God. Stanley Cup a season or two ago. What? Pittsburgh? No. Oh, motherfucker. Uh, I'm so impressed. Because I would have forgotten New York Rangers because I forgot he played there. Yeah. He finished his career there. Um, St. Louis Blues. I had no idea Wayne Gretzky played for the St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but no, I'm very fucking impressed with that one. In fact, I might just give you the fucking point because I'm impressed. <laughs> well, because I knew, I remember the thing about him going to LA and I knew he was a Ranger because that's probably the, the marketing thing in the 90s of mm-hmm. the Rangers because of number 99 and yeah. all that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, final final uh, question. Now this is a deep cut. Um, it's football related, so you know you ha- you stand a sporting chance. Um, what nation did Shaka Hislop play for? <laughs> the Newcastle goalie. Uh, the West Ham goalie. I'll have you know. Oh, so, oh, he also played for. Sorry, sorry. Jesus, you really want me to get this wrong now? Shaka Hislop. Is he from? Let me just write Shaka Hislop. Is he Ghana? Incorrect. Who? Trinidad and Tobago. Is that where he's from? Mm-hmm. So he would have played with Dwight York? Yeah. Probably. Why do I know that Dwight York's not team but I didn't fucking shock ass up with? Jesus. Um, yeah. Oh, one out of three. Great question, bastard. I, I would have been very happy with those questions because yeah. I know them all. Yeah, exactly. That's what you asked me, you fucker. <laughs> yeah. um, so all that's left to do this episode is to thank um, whatever deity I believe in that I did not die yeah. um, from drinking too much at the Super Bowl. Um, follow us on Instagram, ITPod32, Jordan Robinson Comedy, Darren, uh, Darren Robinson. Um, that's your new name. Exactly. You're now legally married to me. Um, <laughs> Darren Matthews Comedian uh, on Instagram, Twitter, all that noise. Yeah, yeah, Matthews Darren. You'll find, you'll find me. Type yeah. my name. Uh, actually, if you type my name in the Google, it turns out it's actually the real name of the former WWE wrestler, William Regal. And mm-hmm. guess who's on the podcast next week, guys? That'd be great. Actually, yeah, do keep in touch. Uh, keep I still want Roy Carroll. You still, you still hunt them down? Yeah, well, I tried out. Roy Dingana's not far. Exactly. We'll go down to you. Yeah. We'll wear masks. Because um, we have, uh, yes, we have a couple of great guests coming up, uh, but we're going to keep them a secret because we are really bad at uh, organizing secrets. And also, yeah. we don't want to say someone's coming on next week and then we, in fact, record them in a month and a half. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because <laughs> um, that's what we've been doing the whole podcast. Yeah. Um, thanks very much, guys. I've been Jordan Robinson. I've been Darren Matthews.